I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. April, I have one word for you. What? Snicky. Snakey, snakey, one snakey. I thought you were going to say shameless September. Snakey. Oh, snakey. I'm going to add snakey to everything. Yeah. We just went camping and Amy, and a- Amy. 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 This is why my brain is snakey. Amy. Yeah. She was uh, trying to ward off rattlesnakes and she was clapping, snakey, snakey, snakey. <laughs> Like, oh. It was rattlesnake territory. It was, it was, and I was just dying laughing behind her because we're walking through the rocks. We're walking through the rocks. Uh, <laughs> I was Amy double screaming, "Snakey, <laughs> snakey!" And then we decided that that was our code word. It's our safe word now. Yeah, it's our safe word. And so whenever April and I are um, in, engaging in some hardcore BDSM, <laughs> go snakey. Yeah, clap twice and go snakey. <laughs> the clapping is when I can't. When I you have a ball gag in my mouth, I can't yeah, say snakey. But the snakey is when I can't. Yeah, or use if my your mouth. hands are tied behind your back, yeah. Snakey. Then you're going to have to go <laughs> snakey. <laughs> All right. Anyways, so if you're looking for a safe word, you want to borrow snakey, go ahead. Yes, it's snakey, but it's snakey. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of kink, this is a perfect uh, intro to Mistress Ava or Eva or how, tomato, tomato, however you want to say it. What'd she say? She's, she it, said in the States they usually pronounce it Ava, but okay. she says Mistress Eva. Eva. Okay. It has an EVA, so yes. I would say Eva. Yes, Eva O, a.k.a. Mistress Eva, and she's an international dominatrix of Chinese, Burmese, and English-Irish descent. Ooh. Uh, so she's here she's to beautiful. talk. She's a gorgeous, gorgeous, wonderful human. I love all the things that she has to share here. She's a pro-dom, but she also says that she's a lifestyle dom, too. Um, and she has a lot to share about what it is like to be in this career, what some of the most wild stories that she has in working with people, how she establishes boundaries and how that can apply to everyday life, some th- kind of tips for bringing in more kink into your life. Um, so it's very insightful and interesting and awesome. And we filmed it, right? Yeah, We're we did. On, we filmed on it. YouTube. She was like, I woke up like this. She looked good. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I just actually I just, work just out. got out of the gym and I was not prepared. She looks fabulous. So go check out our Shameless Sex Podcast YouTube. Subscribe there. It helps us. Uh, and if you're not subscribed on iTunes, subscribe. Oh, yes. Sus- subscribe. 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 Oh, do we want to ask people about taking a, a small survey for us? Yeah, we do. Would you all, we invite you, if you believe Amy and I should write a book, Ooh. because not everybody, everybody may not have access to podcasts, or you can't take podcasts with you all. Podcasts. <laughs> My accent today is on Wisconsin. point. Yeah. Uh, and if you believe we should have a book, will you go and fill out the survey? Or if you believe we shouldn't have a book, but <laughs> if you believe we do, it'll be a short, simple survey. Go to our website. That's Shameless Sex Podcast. Or no, it's nope, Shameless Sex.com. Oh my God. Camping ruined my brain. Sneaky. it's shamelessx.com yeah yeah that's our website and (laughs) there will be a link on there um uh, i haven't put it up yet so but i uh, it should be by the time this podcast is on it should be up there i believe you'll want to scroll down you'll see a link that will say take the survey here it will be nice and short and it will just help us to know what we should do what you're interested in etc so yeah go check it out go to shamelessx.com if you go to shamelessxpodcast.com nothing comes up so there you go maybe we should buy that too Nah. Let's buy all of it. Now that you said it, now it's going to go up. We do have shameless sex trademarked, everyone. Mm. Yeah, we do. Schnicky. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> anyways, are you ready for a sex question? I'm totally ready. Let's do it. I am 35 and married, and I've never been able to orgasm vaginally. It drives me crazy. I have only been able to orgasm from clitoral stimulation. I've tried what feels like everything, and it just never seems to come, pun intended. <laughs> Are some women just not able to orgasm vaginally? What do you recommend I try? So we've answered this question many times, and it's not just us. It comes up in podcast episodes a lot, but I want to revisit it because it's so common. It's so such a common question. If we wrote a book, we probably will have this somewhere, somehow in there because it's so common. Um, and what I'd like to start with is you are not alone. You're completely normal. There's nothing wrong with you. 
And in fact, I think your experience is more common than not for vagina owners where they usually need some sort of clitoral clitoral stimulation. What's the stats? Isn't it like 80% of vulva owners need clitoral stimulation or something like that? Yeah, 82%. I think it was a little bit more than... That's a high number. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very high number. And you're not alone. I rarely can orgasm from penetration alone. I have to have some sort of external stimulation. And that can also change. You're 35... And it can change. Sometimes things shift. And we've talked about that so many times. Or you may eventually have an orgasm or two from internal stim with mixing something else in. And if that's the case, awesome. But it might change again. Yeah, totally. Yeah, And for me, my body's constantly changing, not just as I get older, but also based on my moods. Am I feeling safe? Am I feeling connected yeah. to my body? And you know, I'll have like a couple months where it's easy to easier to orgasm with maybe some clitoral and internal stimulation at the same time, or just sometimes sometimes just from internal stimulation. But it's it's not as common as clitoral stimulation. It's and actually then I'll go through waves where it's not accessible at all through well, internal stimulation. This is a true factoid that I recently learned when we co-hosted an event together. Uh, it was a digital event, but uh, we did some myths and facts and like quiz questions and uh, true or false, Amy, because you're the one that actually told me this. The clitoris is the only body part designed for pleasure. Just for pleasure. Yep, yeah, true. It's the That's only all body it does. part. Yeah, doesn't on any human. People be like, well, what about the penis? But the penis also has ejaculate that comes out of it. Something that you know, the head of the penis has other purposes, whereas the clitoris is just for pleasure. And so it's designed to be kind of like the primary point of contact, or at least the initial point of contact, or the com- combined point of contact to enhance sexual experiences. Now, I've seen diagrams of nerve endings in different vulva owners and how they're all very different. Some people have more nerve endings around the clitoris or the labia. Some people have more internally. Some people have more around the cervix. We're all very different. So we instead, though we see porn, why don't I act that way? She's having all these orgasms from being pounded out and no one's playing with her clit. What's wrong with me? But we are all different. In fact, I think it's just, again, more common for people to need some sort of clitoral stimulation. So the question of are some women just not able to orgasm vaginally? I'd say yes, probably, mm-hmm. because of because of nerve endings. Now, our brain is our largest sex organ, and we can learn to get off in ways that have nothing to do with these nerve endings because we could socialize, or not, is socialize the word? We could associate, like, condition our brain to think that this is arousing, I'm having orgasm, just like people with spinal cord injuries can get off to someone licking Abs- their ear. Absolutely, and a really great book, and we've had the author on the show come as you are that's a great great book book. and we uh talk about omgs all the time yeah and this is a perfect time to offer that tool to this person and anyone else out there maybe the 82 percent of of vulva owners out there that want to experience other ways uh techniques of internal and external pleasure there's two seasons yeah almost three almost three almost three yeah soon to be a sex story season so season one is all about external stimulation which is about clitoral or vulva stimulation which for this person i would say still check it out because those are things that you could incorporate during sex like your sex doesn't have to be you know the end the end game the ultimate is just you orgasm from vaginal stimulation alone you can do combined clitoral stimulation it's totally fine so season one will show you all kinds of tips and techniques they're all um, tasteful videos what did they study like sixty thousand women or something Wait, i think it is sixty thousand. we get it wrong but it's from a lot the, uh, twenty thousand twenty thousand but uh <laughs> from the ages of 18 to 95 real yeah. people not actors and it's not a subscription service so remember that you pay one time yeah. and you get 10 percent off and we'll give you the code in a minute but you just pay one time and you get access to over 60 videos 12 touchable simul- sim- simulations i mean from your computer from your computer <laughs> yeah you can reach out and touch yeah. a human and you just learn and so it's not it's just a one-time payment no subscriptions and no rebilling or anything and then so season two is about internal stimulation mm-hmm. so for this listener that would be really good for them because they're like i want to learn how to get off from internal stimulation maybe you just haven't tried a lot of the things and the in it, the, the typical thrusting in and out of a dildo or finger or a cock might not be hitting the right spots for your body and so by watching this video or this um, these videos you could probably get some ideas so i would go check that out season three will will be about sex toys but go to omgs.com slash shameless you get 10 percent off Uh, i highly recommend checking this out even if this isn't your issue maybe you're having great orgasms already just want to enhance it Uh, more tools for your tool belt yeah more tools for your toolbox omgs.com slash shameless hey your box Uh, my box Um, and then i guess some other things that I would say to um, to try just just lastly is don't 
um, get, or get out of your head. Don't be so goal oriented. If you're in your head and you're like, I need to come from internal stimulation, that something's wrong with me when I that I that I'm not doing what because I'm not doing this. Maybe you're too in your head about it and you need to surrender and let go of needing that to happen. Um, and then you can maybe step forward into the place that you would like to be yeah. in orgasm land. All right. Are you ready for a bio? Yeah. Oh, one other tip too, I oh. just say. Oh. If you're having sex with a cock and it is just that in and out thrusting that you are seeing in porn, try different movements where it's a little more curved up towards the G spot. Like try different things. And the OMGS can give you more ideas about angles and things like that. It's not really about positions for cocks, but whatever the fingers are doing, you know, a cock or a dildo can likely do too. Okay, I'm done. Noise, noise, noise. All right. Eva O, a.k.a. Mistress Eva, is an international dominatrix of Chinese, Burmese, English, Irish descent and grew up across Asia, Australia, and Europe. Mistress Eva holds a deep enthusiasm for slave training and total power exchange. Currently based in Bali, Indonesia, she runs an online slave training playground, youwillpleaseme.com, and tours the world for select engagements only. She has also been featured in high-profile media outlets such as Vice, Slut Ever, Dazed, Washington Post, Cynical Magazine, and Kink Queens. To learn more, visit Eva-O, that's E-V-A-O-H dot com. But first... Are you single and searching for a dating app that actually encourages you to embrace your sexual side? Or perhaps you're a couple looking for a third. Then you need to check out Field. Field connects curious, open-minded humans who are looking to explore their desires while making their own rules for dating and relationships. The app is inclusive to all, no matter your gender or orientation. In fact, when you join, you can choose from more than 20-plus sexual and gender identity options. Field is by far one of my favorite dating apps. I love how the app values sex positivity and actually encourages you to share your desires and interests directly on your profile so that people know what you're into. From cuddling and long kisses to tantra, non-monogamy, and BDSM, you can be open from the beginning and connect with like-minded humans in a space created for safe and ethical exploration. And here's some more great news. You can download the Field app for free and support our show by going to field.co slash shameless. That's F-E-E-L-D dot C-O slash shameless. Or just check out the link in our episode description to get the Field app for free today. Go check it out. All right. It's interview time. All right, everyone. We are diving in to the episode, to the interview here. We're with Mistress Eva. Mistress Eva, a tomato tomato. We heard that uh, it's pronounced differently <laughs> in the U.S. than other places. Uh, but super excited to have Mistress Eva here. We are going to talk all about um, being a pro-dom and dominatrix. Also, the differences between being a lifestyle dom. Eva has a lot to teach us. Uh, Eva is full of knowledge. So, Mistress Ava, welcome to Shameless Sex. We're so happy to have you. Thank here. you for having me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, by the way, this is on YouTube. So if you really want to see what Mr. Shava looks like, well, you'll get the link uh, to her website so you can learn more. You'll definitely want to check it out. But go to our YouTube. We're starting to record videos with a lot of our guests. So you don't want to And miss we didn't it. even warn her, and she still looks fabulous. fabulous. Yeah. I was I like, wow. She's like, I woke yeah. up like this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She's like, I just went, I just went and worked out. We're like, really? Yeah, I'm right. like, wow. That's not what I look like after I work out. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, wow, like a creature. Yeah, the creature. My hair is like the 80s all over the place. All right, not about my hair, though. All right, so uh, let's start with the um, the first prompt, which will be, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality, whether it's your Ooh. personal life or your professional life? Where, mm. did, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I am at a place where I am very happy and I get to enjoy myself and play. And how the hell did I get here? I think that I've always had a pretty good relationship to my own pleasure, which has made the path to finding the things that made me orgasm, enjoy myself uh, a little bit more simpler than maybe most for some reason. Maybe it's like a hedonistic bent or something. But about 10 years ago, I was in a corporate sector and I really, really hated it. And I thought, what the hell am I going to do? And um, I kind of picked up on this little thing where an ex-partner of mine said, you would make a very good or interesting dominatrix. And I thought, what the hell is that? And that kind of led me down this thing where I joined Dungeon. I trained a little bit here and there. I started to see how people were integrating this um, heightened aspect of sexuality into their lives. And I've just kind of ended up in a space where I get to 
you know, make that a part of my everyday. Oh, that sounds lovely. Lucky and you. <laughs> will you talk a little bit? So Amy mentioned uh, for a second about lifestyle dom versus pro dom. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I know and I want more light on this. So will you um, mm-hmm. t- talk about what, what that means? Yeah. So like before, when somebody even mentioned to me, you would make an interesting dominatrix. I had no like real clue what that meant. I kind of had this weird sort of visual in my mind, but nothing more than that. Little did I realize that just me being assertive and asking exactly for what I wanted and expecting that was like what people would term a female dominant. Unfortunately, it would be nice if that had a space without a term, but where we are at that has a term and so that is kind of maybe the more lifestyle aspect of it so I came into it just having that dynamic within the relationships that I were having that I was having and then when it came to actually seeing what this term dominatrix was I went to a dungeon and they gave me a format where you would see people for an hour here or there and you would kind of ask about their preferences, their fetishes, and weave it into a little bit of a few hours into fulfilling those specific things. So how it can maybe differentiate is when you're doing it within a defined period of time with somebody that you don't necessarily know versus a relationship where there's this exchange that has a power dynamic that is inherent to it, maybe Mm -hmm. is kind of the difference. Mm-hmm. Does that allow? Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah that's. That, I think that's really, really helpful. And so, would you, uh, would you identify as both then in your personal life and in your your professional life, or one or the other? Yeah, and I think for me now things have really merged a lot. At, at the beginning, it was this weird phase of this is so exciting. It really gets to all of these wonderful points of who I am and I feel so alive and so excited and how am I going to make this all work for me? And a few years were really sort of blended and I didn't know where things began and end. But now I think I realize that I am very, very lifestyle and I get to indulge in it on a professional, in a professional sense as well. Where some people, they very much separate it. It's not their personality. They don't want that for their relationship format. And they keep it within that very condensed period of here we we are for two, three, four hours. And when I have my relationship, it's a little bit more eye to eye and, and we're not going to practice a power dynamic. So yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. Hmm. Okay. Got it. I love that. And I think this will be uh, quite, I actually, we have another episode coming up, but it's coming from um, a penis owning perspective of being mm-hmm. a dom too. So Ooh. I don't know which episode's coming out first, but we're getting all the speakers. It's uh, with Orpheus Black. I don't know if you oh, uh, yes, know. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he, he will be, I guess, oh. I don't know. Might be before you or after you, but we're, I like that we're getting all these different Perspective. perspectives. Mm. Um, and so one question I have for you then is, so if people are like, well, but okay, but what is your, what does it look like? You know, like when you're actually working with people, you're in the dungeon or you're, or, you, or maybe you're also working with people doing online sessions these days, but what might these interactions or sessions actually look like when you're working with people? Mm, so things are a little bit different with my format now, but when I first started, I was in a dungeon, people would come into the waiting room, just even off the street sometimes, and you would ask them, okay, so what are the things that you're into? How long would you like? Like, what's your budget? And then you would maybe spend a few hours integrating those things, weaving them into this like performance almost, this one-on-one performance of that something that might include feet, something that might include a little spit, that might include a little humiliation, that might include a little bondage, you know, something that really caters to their specific things that they're looking for. Nowadays, my, my format is different. People have a very long application process before I even meet them. And then it's how I get along with them. And then I spend an afternoon, days, weeks with them. It's, it's, it's quite a different format now. But I think the more traditional thing that a professional dominatrix does is they hear somebody's kinks and they fulfill them within a, a period of time if it's going to work for, for both parties for a price. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so these the longer sessions that you're having with people, you're really getting yes. to know them then. Oh, yeah. Like very personal. Very, very. And because it is such an elongated period of time, because it's such like a heavy applications process, they end up being my relationships. So actually, for me, things are a little bit more blurred. And I only have a very, very small pool of people. And we are we're in it for the long run. Mm. Mm. you're building your client base you're like I have Mm -hmm. my clients that I see Mm -hmm. so let's talk about okay so within the sessions there's obviously physical um, punishment and there's psychological punishment Mm -hmm. so why might someone be into one or the other or both and how does it serve them 
Mm. So I guess there's maybe like there's probably many ways, but I'm gonna like choose two ways where it comes to the word punishment. I think that it can be just about somebody who wants to experience pain, and then it also can be somebody who wants to really feel like they're being punished for something, and it could kind of meet in a certain way, but I think the intention can be quite different. So sometimes it can be simply. You are a pain fetishist, and we're going to play with that. And then it can also be: I need to correct a behavior, so I'm going to do something along maybe a pain route, maybe another route. But it'll be about making sure that you understand that this needs to be a behavior modification, and so we're going to use this time for that. So I think for the the first route of whether it's like a fetish for pain, I. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people, even within the vanilla sphere, understand that there is an aspect to confusing the concept of pain and pleasure. Whether that's somebody being a little bit harsher with you in a sexual context, I think they're quite closely related. And I think that maybe for people who fetishize pain, they have a more nuanced like version of that, and so they start to use implements to make that happen. Whereas when I I love those clients, and I do really enjoy the rush. I'm going to talk about the rush, maybe for me, because there's a lot of art that goes into understanding、um, how the person, the surface, can kind of take something, their emotional response to it, as well as how far you can push somebody to get that beautiful result on their skin, and as well as that like that strength of self to be able to take that pain. So there's kind of that aspect for me, and then there's also the aspect of the people who. Maybe they did something that was not really gelling with me that I need to change. Or oh, there was an animal. I like that. Yeah, little animal coming through. <laughs> little video screen. But、um, do they need a punishment for that?、Okay. <laughs> they actually, our dogs who probably use some、uh, more、Discipline. structure. So yeah, <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. But then sometimes I use、um, punishment. So it's like, all right. So this happened, and I need you to understand that you're not understanding that on like an intellectual level. I can't. Get that point across. So I'm going to do this in a discipline session, and therefore we're going to use this implement, and we're going to use it this many times because of this particular reason. And throughout, I'm going to tell you exactly why I'm doing it, and you're going to take it. And you have a safe word, but you also understand that this is a process that you need to integrate into your life. And because you're not doing it with your mind, I'm using a physical means to make sure that that gets like my point across. So、mm-hmm. you know, I have like two different kinds of. Ways of approaching it, yeah. You're like a teacher, a healer, <laughs> therapist,、uh, yeah, sexual disciplinary, yeah, a dog trainer. Yeah.、Um, um, well, when it, so because when you were saying that, so you're saying this is. So, are you looking at their their life too outside? They're talking coming and talking about their life outside of the session too, and you're you're essentially teaching them and having this corrective experience so that applies in the session, but also to the outside world. Like, say it applies to their career, how they could be better in their career, how they could be more dominant or stronger or stand up for themselves in the sexual sessions that you're having with them.、Mm-hmm. Is it also a, a healing and corrective experience in that way sometimes, where it's like this is now take this out into the everyday world? I would say that. I don't go into it necessarily thinking that it needs to be a healing experience or that it needs to be corrective straight up, but I think that for them to, it's pretty selfish for me actually, for them to be somebody that I can be around for a long period of time, or that I want to interact with, that I believe that I could interact with, I need them to change a lot of the times, and therefore I guess corrections. Are made, and probably because of the price point that I ask for now, it's very revealing. Because most of the time, the people who can pay for my price point are white men, <laughs> and so that has shown me a lot of interesting things. And and whenever there's an initial period of time, there needs to actually be a, quite a lot of correction that happens with these particular demographic, and so there has to be this thing where I make them understand. That my experience as a woman is very different, so do not think that you have like understand that my my experience has actually got a lot more suffering inherent to it, and sympathize with my experience one, and then understand that you're in a privileged position, and that the people who work for you around the world that you're going to visit and you have the skewed perspective is bullshit because you don't actually <laughs> understand what they're really feeling too. <laughs> like it's just so like things on and on, but it's to make them more palatable for me, really. Otherwise, I would be disgusted. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in one way it's selfish, in another way it, it does definitely have like a ripple effect. But I don't necessarily. I didn't think of that when I first started.、Mm. It was just more. 
I don't like who you are. Do you want to be around me? This is what needs to change. Yeah. <laughs> now you can be around me. And then it yeah. generally work. All of a sudden you're like, it's working. Yeah. Now I really enjoy being here. I need here. to do Obviously, because you continue to work with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... It sounds like we, I mean, as, as we were talking about, you're uh, the jack of all, or the uh, the goddess of all trades. Maybe <laughs> that would be the better way to put it. I called you a a, a boss queen in the beginning because I was like, what do you prefer? And you're like, I can do that. So what do you love about your job? Because it sounds like there's so much power in it. And uh, I would just love to hear from your perspective what you love. I guess the things that I just mentioned, I didn't expect it to have that much of an impact, but it's definitely quite um, special to realize that it can have that impact for individuals, their families, their corporations, of course. Um, And then on an extra selfish level, it's about, I just get to have fun, you know? Mm. I get to really enjoy myself. I get to laugh in, in ways that I couldn't laugh before. So the first session that I ever did was on my first day in the dungeon. And this Irish guy came in and I was like, I cannot session. I literally just walked through the door today. I can't session with you alone. He's like, it's okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I can like handle and what I want. And all the other mistresses probably just wanted to see what the new, the new girl was going to like, how they were going to handle it. So they're just like, just do it, just do it. And so I did it and I was flogging him way too hard, but this room was filled by mirrors. And I saw this look on my face. It was just like absolute elation. And I realized I'd never had that. I'd never had that feeling until that moment where I got to be in this space with somebody doing something considered extreme. That was so such a release for me and and something welcoming for them. And it was just play in an adult sense. And it was just kind of absurd in a way, but expected and loved. And it was so amazing. I get to do that all the time, you know. I mean, I get to play. I get to feel alive and like I'm I'm just playing like a child, but mm-hmm. in this adult sense. And I, I think that's the most enlivening thing for me, that I get to really experience joy. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like work when you love it. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's something that yeah. is a job per se. Yeah. I think I'm also a little bit distorted because I generally work very, very hard and I'm totally okay with that. And so there are a lot of things about the job that it takes a lot of um, very nuanced emotional understanding of my own boundaries, of other people, how to read that. It's very difficult in a lot of ways, but I'm okay with that. And I guess it's always like, what is the percentage payoff, right? How much joy versus how much hardship, but I kind of enjoy the hardship also. It's, yeah. It seems like a lot of people that I've spoken to that work in this this field or any field in the um, the, the sex work field as well, um, it's exhausting when they're stepping outside of their boundaries. You know, they're not listening mm-hmm. to themselves. They haven't yeah. gotten clear with firm boundaries, mm-hmm. and they're not asserting themselves. And they step, they go, they cross the line, and then they're drained. You know, or there's something that really feels depleting, or, le- or like it's. So I guess that would be a question for you: Is it? Do you feel like it's really important for this a line of work for you to have? Um, done the work before to get clear on your boundaries and to really become more maybe you already were and you're you know your higher more assertive self sounds like you were because you're like someone's like you'd be good at this um but versus someone who hasn't really done that do you think that actually translate into the the work that you do Mm, I really think it's an ongoing process because Mm -hmm. even when you have these rules that you give yourself you meet people who challenge them all the time you know if you're just going to remain an open person, which I think you kind of need to be when you're reading people and you're interacting with them all the time. You're going to meet people who challenge things. So you just have to check in with yourself constantly. Are you okay? Are you getting what you need? Like to myself, uh, how do you feel? Can you shift this? I also don't, I think because I see two, I see like quite a few amount of people, I have that space to ask myself all those questions. And so I can be more flexible with what may or may not work for me. I think if I saw a lot of people, then it would be like things set in stone. But it's an ongoing process and these things will shift. And I think it's about being gentle on yourself and understanding that also and just checking in with yourself as much as you can and knowing that when you don't shift, that it's maybe just what you don't have the capacity for at that point in time. But yeah, no, this job takes a lot. It takes a lot of like self-reflection, for sure. You're watching other people. You have to watch yourself too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's a it's a big. Um, it was not really task, but um, if you're undertaking. Taking, undertaking. It's you're intense. Taking, yeah, it's really yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh-huh. I guess maybe the kinds of people who are drawn to this are people who are, you know, kind of intense. Anyway, <laughs> so I, yeah. I have I have like a I think like a multi layered question here because mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, there's always folks out there that want to be more dominant in the bedroom. I consider myself a bit more submissive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, first of all, do you think it's kind of like that uh, black or white? Or is there a gray area? And if someone did want to be more dominant in the bedroom, whether they have a penis or a vulva, mm-hmm. are there any tips that you have for doing that? Or am I just going to be a sub forever? Like, forever. <laughs> I mean, if, if you end up feeling like you're a sub forever or whatever, if you feel like you're in another perspective, then, it, you know, it's like, don't be so hard on yourself. It is what it is. But um, as somebody who does have the time at the moment to just kind of see what may be, when people ask me, like, what is like, how do I identify? I say, like, right now, after a pandemic, I identify as greedy. which means i want all the things (laughs) yeah and so i switch and i would say it's a little bit harder or definitely much harder for me to switch psychologically i'm not going to kind of relent um in a submissive sense to you know just anybody there's a lot of like more parameters than when i'm happy to top somebody but if somebody you know and it can also be fun i think as a submissive to just dip your toe into what it's like to take a controlling perspective. I think it's very like amusing, even for that mindset, to just see what it's like for a moment, to ask for something and get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's a funny little kick that's very different. And I would say that maybe like in terms of tips, it, it sounds strange, but it's almost about outside of the space. Like... Ask for somebody to make you your coffee or your tea in a specific way that you maybe only ever do for yourself. And how does that feel? And can you do that in the context of like sexuality as well? You know, the more that you ask for it outside of that, the easier that it can also become within that very raw and kind of vulnerable space that is sexuality as well. So it's so it's like challenging yourself to ask. I think is the thing. And then and then maybe also just <laughs> getting clear on what it is that you want. I think even from so when I bottom, I ask for what I want. You know, it's like I don't necessarily do it from a submissive headspace, like just do the things. I'm like, I want this <laughs> and you're I would like it if you did this right now. So it doesn't have to mean that you're doing something. You could just be asking for somebody to do it to you also. And that could be a slight shift. Also, that could maybe grow into other things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it is understanding what you're in for, what brings you pleasure and learning how to ask for it. And there's probably different ways about how to do that as well. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by Sunset Lake CBD. If I were stranded on a desert island and could only take one thing with me, it would have to be my Sunset Lake CBD oil. Sorry, Chip. CBD is my go-to solution for fighting muscle aches and pains, inflammation, it helps me sleep, plus it's a wonderful addition to my morning smoothie or an afternoon cup of soup. And Sunset Lake CBD is unlike other CBD companies because Sunset Lake actually farms all their own CBD so they can ensure they are providing you with the highest quality products on the market. I am a huge CBD fan too. 
I use the salve after a Pilates class to soothe my body. And since I'm such a light sleeper, I take the Sunset Lake CBD tincture with melatonin every night. And I can tell you, it has helped me get deeper, more restful sleep. And right now, Sunset Lake CBD is offering our listeners 20% off your entire order when you go to sunsetlakecbd.com and enter code SHAMELESS at checkout. Just visit sunsetlakecbd.com and enter SHAMELESS at checkout to get 20% off the entire store. That link is in our episode description. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. And back to the interview. I just picture myself with a crop being like, I want two sugars <laughs> in my tea. <laughs> and then I want and, you to beat me with this. And so. then, yes, <laughs> then crop me, okay? Thank you. Yeah. But that is so much of life is asking for what you want, identifying what you want, and then asking for it. And mm-hmm. it's, 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 of course simple but it is so it's true but it's challenging it's like i know what i don't want but what do i want so that's a good i think that's a good that's good advice like there's the thing where we feel like if i'm rejected i'm gonna feel so shitty maybe they don't really care about me and then like but if people are gonna reject you and not give you enough of a reason then maybe they shouldn't be there anyway and i know Mm -hmm. that's difficult but you know i know anyway yeah. Well, and it's all, it's all a practice too, right? So, so, I mean, some people I think are just, oh, I'm just, I'm naturally just so tapped into my most dominant self. Although I think even within that, I know that's something when we, when we were going to talk to Orpheus Buck, he has some opinions about, um, and he's speaking to penis owners, a difference between I'm dominant and I'm also in my most like uh, ultimate empowered, loving dominant. That's not like toxic masculinity. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I think there's differences there. And I want our idea of like dominant or like I'm doing air quotes. I really am this time. Everyone out the alpha male or alpha human. Um, some of it can also just be, um, I guess, like harmful. Um, and it, 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 we don't understand different aspects of consent and boundaries and, um, and ways of reading people. And we were going to ask you, we have, we have a list of questions here. And we have one about that's kind of fun about you if you tell some stories. But I'm just going to segue into this other one. We did talk about boundaries already uh, a little bit. But um, what is it? So when you're actually working with a client, just bring it to kind of the consent and boundaries piece, which is really important. Um, and, and I'm sure you're having conversations with them about one, you said, you know, they have a safer them asserting their boundaries, you asserting yours. Um, I'm curious what that kind of like a little bit, what that conversation might look like and then how that might apply to everyday folks who want to assert more sexual boundaries uh, in their own worlds. Yeah. So when I do it professionally, I actually say, I mean, now I do it slightly different, but when I was at the dungeon, it was it was different again because it was a very limited amount of time where you had time to introduce each other. When I started to do it privately, I would still spend, I would spend 45 minutes, you know, talking about why they're in front of me, what it was interesting, like of me to bring them there. Why do they think they're interested in the things they're interested in? Where do they think they might push up against and really like slowly getting to understand where people are in terms of like ongoing consent, it's just this. <sighs> also, just like I just went through a little bit of like a div- a little bit of a divorce. <laughs> oh, oh. A little divorce, <laughs> a, a tiny Last, one. Yeah. yeah, and it was very much like a female-led relationship. And I have had this thing, I guess, as a professional, as somebody who's always been in a dom role, where I I owned too much, and so it was this thing where I thought as soon as it ended on their, on like on their, what they wanted, I, I was like, what the hell did I do wrong? You know, it's like, what is it on me? What, how did I fuck up? <laughs> Basically, I didn't think for a second, like about them. But over time, I realized that there was a responsibility that they didn't take, that they should have, and that I didn't make space for either, because I was taking all the responsibility. And so as much as I think that you know, a dominant submissive dynamic happens, I think we are all at an adult stage of our development and we all need to take a responsibility for the things that we're owning up to as well. And so when we are asked, we should say, and if it's not said, it is our problem, you know? And so I think that there needs to be a space and time where we have a conversation that there needs to be both sides of the equation that are looking out for each other and that are having these conversations again and again if it's a relationship and checking in with each other during, after, con- consistently, and caring for each other and caring for the responsibility of our own desires and our own limits. 
But um, but that's kind of my learning at the moment. Maybe it will shift, but that's where I am when it comes to consent and understanding where we are and our boundaries right now. I feel like that's my learning all the time, not necessarily with consent and boundaries, but just taking care of myself in relationship with all humans and mm. how this, you know, the, my own accountability and their account of all those pieces. So yeah, but like, there. as a dominant, it's, it's been an interesting learning for me because I really thought that I was the one that was responsible for us. But it's really, it's ridiculous because actually the sub also has agency and they need mm. to also step up. Mm. So, well, uh, I want to hear, you talked all about this Irish flogging situation, the Irishman, which I was picturing uh, your face in elation when you're flogging in the mirror, which is great. And I would love if you can tell us, if you if you want to, with your consent, of course, some of maybe the most wild or memorable or pleasurable experiences you've had as a dominatrix. Wild, memorable, I mean, what are all of those or, or you can... Or could it even want. be like well, that didn't go well? Or yeah, <laughs> something that I, I don't know. I, I just I, I, or like a day really interesting in the life fetishes of Ooh. Mistress Ava. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it when people cry. Mm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's really sweet, you know, because it happens actually quite a lot when people get to um, maybe express an aspect of their sexuality or their personality that they don't get to otherwise. And it's a huge release. That's very sweet. That's just like, as a very general thing. I've had very strange experiences where relationships get really blurred, especially when you're playing with couples and they haven't defined their own things. And then you start to get mixed up in it. That's never very fun. I, I think probably one of the things that I'm, I miss a lot, <laughs> I, I don't know whether this is being a little bit like a, a little bit too sensationalist, but I really miss having my hands in people. I feel like I don't get to fist people enough anymore. Mm. So I'm going to mention this right now. Maybe it's Not, like advertising. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> More fisting, please. <laughs> More fisting, please. But when I first started in the dungeon, somebody would come in every Monday and I would get to have like a fist or two or my foot in them. And and I didn't realize how much of an accomplishment that was for, for humanity. <laughs> as a whole and so I really miss being able to have that and I I don't know maybe I'm not so like here's a singular story but I'm really in awe of people who make this a part of their ongoing lives and you know manage to open themselves up to two fists manage to open them up themselves up to huge latex collections that they almost never wear but indulge me in every now and then it's just this beautiful drive that people are accessing and relenting to and dedicating a part of their life to that almost nobody will ever access but they still appreciate and love to like put it on a pedestal for the small group of us to to love and understand and appreciate and i, I don't know i'm a romantic that I love, I'm a romantic. I love my feet and people, which I love, and fisting. And fisting. No, I love that answer. I like. I miss more fisting. I miss the fisting. So I have some questions about this. It's kind of a side note, but it's not. About it's related to fisting. fisting. Yeah. So we're talking anal, probably, right? How long does it take to get two fists or a foot in someone's ass? I think, in terms of Bruce, who's the person <laughs> that I'm talking about, it took probably like years for it to just oh. slide in, like to, for yeah. like two hands to slide in. It would take every Monday for many years, but. If we're just talking about like a new person, it's going to take a while. It depends how much they've put in themselves before, you know, because it's really it's it's a psychological and physical game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think a lot can happen in a psychological when you have a psychological space to just relax into it. Actually, a lot more than even maybe the physical. But, you know, it's like one finger, two fingers, three fingers, five fingers. I have very small hands. Yeah. <laughs> two hands and then like getting to the right point where you can start to fist the like as opposed to just like a flat hand um but yeah no a lot of it is definitely in the mind it's amazing what the mind can do there has to be safety though for the person because they're with a professional you mm. know what you're doing mm. there's time there's I, lube. I think, Not <laughs> the lube good silicone lube that's, yeah. I, think I would feel safer with someone like you and going down that oh. avenue than just someone I was hooking up with to be like yeah. hey have you ever tried this I mean it's possible but uh, I like I like consulting and working with a professional uh, in terms of of experiencing your sexual and opening your sexual boundaries. I would like to say that there's a lot of enough internet resources, but actually I've met somebody (laughs) who is, uh, they weren't trained in the dungeon and they've had 
a lot more issues. And so I think when you get to see so many people practice the same thing, you just you don't have to say anything. You just pick up things with how people are. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah, sure. Find somebody who's done it before, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, someone's skilled. But also, yeah. I think for a lot of folks with fetishes yeah. um, that maybe are deemed uh, less common or, you know, or, or people don't widely accept, maybe they're finding it hard to actually experience these these things with partners. Um, do you see that with a lot of your clients, that this is something they don't really get access to other places except for with you? Or is this is this that not really the case? Is there not a lot of overlap in that department? I would say that there's like two different camps and one is larger than the other. The larger camp would definitely be the ones who don't expect society to ex- to accept them. And so they seek out professionals where they can compartmentalize and then they carry out those things. And then there's a smaller camp that are more um, free and put less expectations of themselves, but still are not... Ag- and like able to access the knowledge. And so they might bring their partners in and it might be more of a learning experience also. But definitely the larger camp is the one that, you know, really doesn't think that society is going to accept them and they are not accepting themselves also. Mm-hmm. And so they put us in a box and they hire us and then they walk away and they live their lives. Do they ever leave there? Did you or that are you aware of them leaving or some clients leaving and all of a sudden because of the experience with you, they're like, oh, maybe I will be accepted out there in the world. Hmm. I think that they feel so. I think a lot of the space aside from the physicality of, of it is that acceptance, that emotional acceptance. I think that's a huge part of it that they for a moment in time really feel like they can be open and vulnerable with somebody and they finally get to connect with somebody who can see all these aspects and they feel comforted by that but do they walk away thinking everyone else is going to i don't think the majority sadly no Mm -hmm. i think maybe they can slowly start to own it and maybe become a part of the community slowly but for the most part there's a lot of compartmentalization yeah Mm -hmm. it's uh that's fact i do I'm guilty of compartmentalization too sometimes where I'm like oh I have this podcast and sometimes I'm like that's a compartment but then my other work and that I don't know it's it's difficult and within sex I think that that's why there are folks out there to explore with and which brings me to I I don't want you to go Mm because I really really (laughs) love talking to you um and I I don't I think you mentioned you're not taking more clients but if people want to find you and work with you how how could they do that can you you mean they can try (laughs) (laughs) so I do have a few session sites that people can find in Singapore Hong Kong and Shanghai which is like let's just give them singaporedom.com but for the most part, yeah, I don't really take on people who are not willing to hand over their entirety to me anymore. Mm. But I do have youwillpleaseme.com, which gives people a really nice taster of who I am through different courses that I have on this site, which is my member site and does have content, but it's mostly about the courses. So people learn how exactly I like my feet to be worshipped or how exactly I like my gifts to be bought or something, you know. They really understand the protocol of my slave contract and whatever. Um, so you will please me.com, I would say, is like an easier access thing if you really want to serve me in person. Good luck, singaporedom.com. <laughs> you can find out a lot more about me through my interviews on eva-o.com and then also I'm on all the social medias as you will please me however you know they can always kick us off just like OnlyFans is trying to do oh yeah we didn't have you to talk about that but actually can you share that you you, I liked what you said about that before so for listeners who yeah listeners who aren't aware there's a OnlyFans is a site that um, has really supported a lot of sex workers they built their careers on there Mm -hmm. uh, and all of a sudden uh, they're saying that they won't work with sex workers because of the credit card companies the merchant accounts which I actually experienced owning a sex shop many times we had to continuously switch merchant accounts we experience it owning yeah the sex toy companies yeah we don't work with they put you in the same category as like selling guns or something well and then even for porn is like but why and so i like share what you said i really liked what you said about how they kind of built that industry yeah so i will go into that because of my nationality and everything i had access to one payment processor for my site and that payment processor fucked me around like all of like 2020 and then they declared bankruptcy and they ran away with fifty thousand dollars and i like i might see 
2% of that, maybe, with our whole, like, whatever thing that we're doing with them now. But that aside, when it comes to OnlyFans, which I never joined because they always had so many issues anyway, because they have to answer to a MasterCard and Visa, they have a whatever now. The same thing, like, that with PayPal, the same thing with so many different other, you know, new technologies that sex workers as people who have to be innovative just jump on and just, like, make popular they're just fucking us over and cutting us out now because now they've reached enough of a critical mass where the credit card companies are looking at them and they just want to go bow down to them and want the money. And so it's like, you can all like fuck off now because actually we don't give a shit about the freedom of sexuality. We don't actually care about you as an individual. You are useful <laughs> and now you can just disappear. Bye. And Bad business. Over and over again. And as long as people are hung up about like whatever like puritanical versions of sexuality and they don't understand how to move on from that this is just going to be the issue mm-hmm. yeah so. well and yeah. you had mentioned that paypal was really i mean it mm-hmm. really took off because of mm-hmm. sex workers getting paid and you're welcome paypal yeah mm-hmm. so that's just that's the whole thing we just need we in, invite folks out there if you are a super savvy smart person maybe create a platform where it's safe for sex workers and they can get their money and not going to run off with money and i don't know a lot of the legalities involved and it's 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 like the SESTA FOSTA thing as well. There's all sorts of things filtering in and bottlenecking into this uh, high level uh, of bullshit that we all have to deal with being in the sex industry at all. So I use it is it's still it's, strong. Yes, it is. So, uh, well, well, we'll hope that that will iron out and we'll all be able to get paid. Right. Yeah. Well, until then, they can find Mistress Ava <laughs> still. Your site's still up. We remind our listeners yeah. of your site one more time or your sites. Yeah. You will please me dot com. Ava-O.com. You will please me on all the social medias. Oh, you will please her. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there you go. And we are going to please ourselves with some wine. It's not in my hand yet. Cheers. But Miss Ava has it. So cheers to Margins Wine. Check out why we've been fans for, it's been, oh my God, I think three years, three and a half years. Mm -hmm. It's small batch wine, boutique made. It's low sulfites. There's only a little bit naturally occurring. And she releases a fall release, actually, 2021 fall. It's limited. So go grab it. Only a a few hundred bottles, I want to say, because it's limited. It goes fast. So just go to marginswine.com. If you want to buy some wine, you can save 10%. Just enter code SHAMELESSSEX10 for three or more bottles. Six or more bottles, you can save 15%. Just enter code Shameless sex 15. All right, y'all. Mm. Cheers and Miss Driss Eva. Ava, as they say in the United <laughs> States. Thank you. Mwah. We'll see you next Tuesday, y'all. Ciao Thank for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.